Good morning, everyone. Help yourself to a cup of coffee. I want to thank uh, Hensha for sponsoring this morning's Amunashir in memory of her beloved husband, Sri Hirsch ben Moshe Dov Bear, on the occasion of his 11th year at site, 23 Marcheshvan. Is this him? It's his book here. Very special individuals, Neshama Shadav and Aliyah. Certainly a person who personified the Amida that we're learning about. Okay, we are on page Samach Dalad, the top right. Everyone have a copy? Welcome to Faces, new people. It's great to see you. And we've been going through the uh, Slana Marebbe's uh, section called Yesode HaTorah, <clears throat> where he's been describing the mitzvah of Dveikus, the obligation of clinging to Hashem. What does it mean to cleave, to cling to Hashem? How does that express itself in real life? How do we achieve that? How do we do that? So we talked about the idea that when we rely on, when we lean on, when we live life with a mindfulness that whatever's happening is not random, it's not chance, it's by design, it's for a reason, then we realize that we cling to Hashem, we stick with Him. The root of Dveikos is Devek, glue. That when we use glue to stick with Hashem, that Hashem has our back, and we stick with Him no matter what's going on through thick and thin. Hashem. Is this what we're up to? No. In the bottom right we're up to. Sorry. Everyone see where we are? The bottom two lines in the right-hand column? On page Samach Dalad. <clears throat> the uh, Medrash Sifrei and the Gemara Ksubas Tav Kuf Yeralav Dirshu Al Apostle Zav V'Chi Efshali Davik B'Shchina. The Pasuk says V'Dav Kabo Ubo Tidbak. We have it expressed in a number of different ways. The obligation to cling to Hashem, stick to Hashem, which is different than Emuna Bitachon. Let's just reiterate for a moment what is the difference between Emuna Bitachon and Dveikus. Shami, don't worry about it. The difference between Emuna Bitachon and Dveikus. Emuna is in the abstract. Emuna is the philosophical, theological knowledge that there is a creator of the universe. We didn't come into being randomly. We're not the result of a, we may be the result of a Big Bang, but the Big Bang, the catalyst of the Big Bang, is the Ribbona Shalom. We're here because there is a creator, there's a Borei Olam, there's a first cause, as uh, philosophers would describe. That's Emuna, to know in the abstract that there is a, that there is a God. Bitachon is to realize that because there is a God, He didn't just create a world and move on. He didn't just create a world and now we operate on our own. But He has an intimate relationship, awareness, knowledge, and direction in our lives. There's, there's such a thing as providence. He is involved in our lives. The things that happen in our lives are not by chance, they're by design. They happen because He willed it. And if we rely or need something in the future, with a great sense of dependence, they will happen because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to will it as well. And, uh, and that's bitachon. Bitachon is therefore in the Chazanish. We studied the Chazanish's Amun and bitachon. The Chazanish's definition, bitachon is to realize that whatever happens in my life is latava avid, command avarech manalatava avid. Whatever happens is for the best. So when I win the lottery, it's not hard to realize that that's for the best. When I have a healthy marriage, it's not hard to realize that that's for the best. When I have nachas for my children, it's easy. The test of bitachon is not when everything is going the way you want. The test of bitachon is when things are not working out the way you would have written them up. Do you still embrace Hashem and realize that this is for Him, from Him? Like that we don't know. You want to say about those stories of the person who missed the flight. Right, exactly. The family who lost the person who missed the flight. Exactly. The one. When things work out incredibly and to realize like, wow, Yad Hashem, I have such a moon and bitachon, that's, that's it's a level, it's an important level, certainly a higher level than living without any awareness at all that there's Hashem. But the higher level than that is when things don't work out and you say, this is Hashem's will. 
The other night we made a dafyomi finished a couple days ago, Masech Sanhedrin. It's a very big accomplishment. The beginning of Masech Sanhedrin, a member of our community, who's very beloved, was diagnosed with a terrible illness. And we've all been davening, and many were learning that Masech to in his merit, in his chos. Rebarak Tzvi ben Rivka So he made the siyam, and he said something outrageous at the beginning of the siyam. He said, you know, I've been learning the dafyomi for 15 years, and I've hardly made any siyams. Because in any Masechta, invariably, as a, as a very busy physician, there were days that I missed, I just, I just couldn't keep up. So even though I've been learning the Daf for 15 years, there's very few Masechtas that I actually finished. He said, so it's with great pride that I'm making the Siyam on Sanhedrin. He says, because I finished it from beginning to end. And how did I finish it? He's not working right now because he's in treatment. He says, Hashem blessed me with a sabbatical from work so I could sit and learn. So that's bitachon. Hashem blessed you. To see it in that perspective, I was given a sabbatical. That was his word. I was gifted a sabbatical that I can sit and learn. So I was able to finish all of Masech Sanhedrin and learn the daf several times each day. It's just mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. So Amunah is to know that there's Hashem. But you know how many people there are who know that there's a God? And in their daily lives, they're miserable and where is God? And there is no God. And why is this happening? And, and so on and so forth. Bitachon is not only that there's Hashem, that whatever's happening, it's for a reason. And even though it may be painful and difficult, and I wish it were different, but if it's happening, it's happening for a reason. And therefore, with Bitachon, I lean on Hashem. So what's Dveikas? Where does Dveikas fit in? Because even Bitachon is the intellectual knowledge to know that whatever's happening is happening for a reason. Dveikas is living my daily life, that in every moment, I'm living a mindfulness it's wearing glad Dveikas is wearing glasses that I see the world through the prism of knowing that Hashem is with me in every moment. Dveikas, he's sitting next to me on the couch. He's on the phone, conferenced in with whomever I'm talking to. He's walking into that difficult business meeting. He's with me at the parent-teacher conference when I'm about to hear whatever I'm about to hear about my child. He's, Kodesh Baruch Hu is in the room. He's sitting next to me. He's with me in every moment and at every opportunity. So it's not just Amuna intellectually, philosophically. It's not just Bitachon, even Bitachon, that I know that there's a reason for this. It's Dveikas. It's that I'm living my life clinging to Him. We're walking into the room. I say, Hashem, come on, make this work out. We walk out of the room. Yes, Hashem, thank you. That was amazing. It's a Dveikas. It's Devek. It's glue. It's sticking with Hashem. So that's this Pasuk. And that's what this means. And on this Pasuk, the Sifri and the Gemara Ksubis ask, V'chi efshar lihidavik b'shechina? How could you cling to Hashem? Hashem, the source of all, is a fire who consumes you. If you try to get too close to Hashem, you're going to get burnt. On the one hand, Hashem is our Father. Your Father you snuggle with, you get a hug from. Father puts His hand on your shoulder. Father holds you when you need support. So on the one hand, we have this casual relationship with Hashem. He's our Father. But He's also the King. You can't get too close to the King and be too casual. Kishwaku is the creator of the universe. And he's described by the Pasuk as an Eshochla. He's a fire that consumes. So how can you cling to fire? You cling to fire, you're going to get burnt. He concludes the Gemara. He actually only quotes part of it. The Gemara concludes you need to do two things. Number one, you should make sure your daughter marries a Tamachacham. And number two, I mean, I guess the assumption is you should make sure your sons are Tamidei Chachamim. And your daughter's married, Tamidei Chachamim. I guess in 2017 you would say, 
make sure your daughters are Talmidos Chachamos um, as well. But, um, and, V'hidavik B'Talmidei Chachamim. The closest we can come to clinging to Hashem is clinging to those who are the closest to Hashem. Is clinging to those who are the closest to Hashem. Which makes sense, by the way. In the following way. Whatever we admire in life, whatever we're excited about in life, whatever we're excited about in life, right? I mean, think about for a moment, right? In our day, we can appreciate this more than in any other, right? Because let's say you love, I don't know, I'm just, you love tennis. So if you love tennis and you're on social media, what do you do? You follow on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter the best tennis players. You don't follow some kid you saw in the park playing tennis. You're not following their career or their statistics. You find the best in any area, whether it's finance, art, archaeology, whatever area of life that you're into, you find that person and you follow them, you cling to them, you connect with them. As if somehow through osmosis it'll be contagious and it'll improve you. But whatever you value, whatever you like, you like sports, you've memorized the RBIs, you know the box score of every team. You like theater, you like ballet, you like recipes, you like, I don't know what, you like braids, you know, in today's day and age, whatever you like, whatever you like, you can go online and find the best of that area that you like, and you literally... You're, you cling to them. You, you literally, the language we use is you follow them. You like them, you follow them, and so on. I don't know what to call that Instagram. Follow? A follow? So, so the Gemara is saying, if you value Torah, if you value Emunah and, and Bitachon, if you value living a life with the mindfulness of faith, of connecting to Hashem, then Then your Instagram and your social media should be filled with following Tamid Chachamim then your life should be filled with listening to the Divrei Torah of Tamidei Chachamim. Then you should try to connect and be in the presence of Tamidei Chachamim. The Rambam writes this in the sixth chapter of Hilchos Deos. Now you say like, it doesn't really make sense. Right? One would think intellectually, my job is to be a Talmud Chacham myself. How does it help me to connect to Tamidei Chachamim? My job is to be a Talmud Chacham. Learn Torah, be righteous, have virtue, be knowledgeable, succeed, excel in Torah. That's my job. I can somehow cling to Hashem. I can fulfill the mitzvah just by hanging out with Talmud Chachamim, by following, by listening, by reading, by watching Talmud Chachamim. How does that work? And yet the Rambam says, yeah, this is a mitzvah. This is how you fulfill that mitzvah. Ubot Tidbak is very difficult. To cling to Hashem, to be mindful 24-7, to wear those glasses all the time, that's really hard. So what propels me? What helps me? Find Talmidei Chachamim and hang out and listen to them. I mean, is that not all Sefer Bracious? That's what the Gemara Chazal tells us about Sefer Bracious. Like, what, what are we, on this week's Parsha Dafka, Eliezer, Rivka, the story, the storylines, the narratives of Sefer Bracious. Chazal say, learning the casual conversations of the righteous is the greatest Talmud Torah, is the greatest Musr. Yes, we learn strict law, we learn halacha. Yes, we learn the Gemara, the Havayas to Abaya Varava, we learn the intellectual back and forth analysis of how we derive the law. 
You know what a sicha is? Sicha is a casual conversation. I've had the privilege, really, one of the greatest privileges of, of being a rabbi is having access to great rabbis. And whether it's the conversations you have directly or the privilege to be in the room and eavesdrop with permission to the conversations happening between Talmidei Chachamim or, or Talmidei Chachamim and others, their wives, with their family members, and you learn as much, arguably more, from the behavior. Now, not all, not all Talmidei Chachamim, having knowledge, this is just as an aside, <clears throat> the Gemara says that, kol tamachacham she'in bodas, nevela tova heimenu, nevela srucha tova heimenu. Chazal say that any tamachacham who lacks das, a, um, a decomposing carcass is better than them. It's a pretty... Okay, graphic image. Oh, oh, how could you be a Talmud Chacham and lack Das? Uh, yeah. So what is Das? What is Das? Is it Das oh. or Das? So, so Rav Hutner explains, Dayan, Dalad Ayan Tav. Das. Das. So what is Das? To be a Talmud Chacham is you have knowledge. You can have an incredible memory. You can have amazing diligence. And you know Shas by heart. You know Shas Uposkim by heart. You know, call it Tarakula by heart. That doesn't give you emotional intelligence. That doesn't give you common sense. That doesn't give you a feeling heart, a lev ladas, as the Torah describes. So, you could be a Tamachacham balak das. Ravan Lichtenstein Tatzal has an essay about this. He tells a story that when he went to pay a shiva call to his Rebbe, Rafutner, and right before him there was a very prominent, world famous Rosh Hashiva who had just walked out. Rafutner turned to Ravaron enraged by what this Tamachacham had said to him, trying to comfort him, which was the most ridiculous thing in the world, and said to Ravalansin, And he said to Ravalansin, he said, Do you hear what Chazal said? Not an ignoramus, A Tamachacham she'en bodas. You could be a Tamachacham, but have no das. You could be a Tamachacham, but be callous but have no emotional intelligence, but have no feeling heart, but have no common sense, but have no way how to take all of that wisdom and employ it in the world. So Ravon Lifton's article is about what do we believe about Das Torah? And there's a concept of Das Torah <clears throat> that's lived to a different intensity in different communities. Among the so-called modern Orthodox, there's a cynicism about Das Torah. The more you get into the Haredi, Hasidic world, there's a great emphasis on Das Torah. Das Torah is that the more Torah someone has, the more general wisdom and better their intuition. So before you invest in that deal, before you buy that house, before you allow your child to go through with that shidduch, you get the approval of Das Torah. You consult with what does Das Torah have to say on this. So to ask Das Torah, what do I do when my fleshic fork got mixed in my milchig dishwasher? That's not Das Torah, that's asking a Shiloh. Das Torah is when it's not strictly a halachic thing, but I want to know the intuition of Das Torah. Now, we all believe in Das Torah. I think part of basic, uh, a basic sh- structure of, of Torah Judaism is to believe that the more Torah you have, the more it shapes and molds your intuition, the greater your judgment, and the greater your wisdom. That's why we're, we seek Eitzas, we seek wisdom all the time. The people we think who have more Torah. Chazat tells Marba Eitzvah Marba Tvuna. The more uh, you seek wisdom, the more uh, insight that you're going to have. So we all believe in it to some extent. But in Rav Arlesen's article, I think it's so brilliant. He says, based on everything I've just told you, that 
someone can only have Das Torah if they have Das. <laughs> if, if Chazal say, Kol Tamachacham Sheimbo Das, then uh, if you're a Tamachacham with no Das, a carcass is better than you, then it means being a Tamachacham does not equate to having Das. You could be a great Tamachacham with no Das. But being a Tamachacham does give you the head start. It does give you the, the greater likelihood of having a sense of Das. What's going on, buddy? This is my nephew now. So. Oh, so how do we get into all of this? So that's Hidavik B'tamid HaChachamam. The Rambam is codifying. The Rambam is writing. The Rambam doesn't write this in his Mor Nevuchim. The Rambam is not writing this in his Perish HaMishnayis. The Rambam is writing this in his Mishnah Torah, in his Yad HaChazaka, in Hilchus Deus. The Rambam is writing this in his Code of Jewish Law. It is a Halacha. How do you fulfill clinging to Hashem? By clinging to Tamid HaChachamam. By finding people whose lives are shaped and molded by the Torah knowledge that they have, by the will of Hashem, by the blueprint. What is Torah? Torah is a blueprint for the world. God looked at the Torah, He created the world. The Torah is the blueprint, it's the manual for how to live. So, you have a problem. Last night our thermostat went out at midnight and the air conditioner stopped and I'm scrambling online and reading, I'm going to call. You got to look in the manual. So, if you knew that you knew somebody who knew the manual by heart, you're going to fool around with it yourself or you're going to call the person who knows the manual by heart? You're going to go with your intuition? I think I should try this to fix it. Or are you going to go to talk to the person who, know, who wrote the manual, who knows the manual by heart? So the Torah is the manual of life. It's the blueprint of creation. Those who know the manual by heart, those who've written, so to say, the continuation of the manual, Torah Shabbat the Bali HaMesorah, those who are in charge of the transmission of the Oral Torah, of the tradition, of the Mesorah, we have, those are Tamid HaChachamim. Now, you can know the manual by heart, but have no common sense. You can know the manual by heart and have no emotional intelligence. So that's not who I'm going to for help. Maybe on the thermostat, but not on life. <laughs> so here too, you need to find the person who has the combination of both knowing the manual by heart, who's the Tamachacham, who has Das. That's Tas Das Torah. So how do you achieve dveikus? One of the ways that we are exposed to and cling to Hashem is by finding His representatives, His best representatives here on earth. Now, what does it mean to be His best representative here on earth? So there's a pasuk in Malachi that says, Ki Malach Hashem tzavakos tori Something like that. I don't know Malachi or anything by heart. But something like that. So the Navi Malachi. So the Gemara says on this pasuk, only when your Rav is Domelamalach, as Torah Yivakshimipiyu. When your Rebbe is Domelamalach. So you have a Rebbe who's a Tamachacham, but they speak Lashon Hara, and they have no Rachmanas, they're not kind, and they come late to Davening, and they have no Kavana, and they're unimpressive in their character. So Torah Al Yivakshimipiyu, say Chazal. That's not who you seek Torah from. You need to find somebody who's Domelamalach. Now, is that a fair barometer? Is that a fair threshold? Is that a fair expectation of a Rebbe? They're Doma Lamalach. But as close as we can get to Doma Lamalach, to being similar to an angel, to angelic. When you see somebody who's angelic, that's who we seek to get Torah from. So you need a Tamachacham who has Das. You need a Tamachacham who's Doma Lamalach, who's angelic. In their, in their demeanor, in their character, in their sensitivity, in their kindness, in how they conduct themselves that the Torah has filtered down from their head to their heart into their hands and feet. If it's just in their head and it doesn't express itself in their heart, their hands and feet, 
read their say, fascinating, intellectually great. But in terms of who we cling to, who we seek guidance from, whose intuition that we trust. So this is what Chazal are saying. Chazal are saying, Ubo tidbak. You want to know what it's like to cling to Hashem? Cling to Hashem's greatest ambassadors here on earth. Those who are His greatest representatives and ambassadors, who are the embodiment of all that He stands for. And if you cling to them, you'll be clinging to Shekhinah. And I have to tell you, when I've been exposed to some of the greatest rabbis, I was at a wedding a couple weeks ago, and Rav David Kohn, the Gvul Yaivitz, great Tamachacham in Brooklyn, was there. We had the privilege of hosting him for Shabbos several years ago. And I just, I, Ubo Tidbak, I spent the whole wedding like, I was like the paparazzi. I was like the... <laughs> what do you call it? The, no, the, the groupie. I was like a groupie. I was waiting for him to be like, no, nudnik, like, get away from me. But I, I just spent every second I could. I sat next to him at the chuppah and I walked him to the, through the bedeckin and I, I just, why? I was asking him shilas. I was talking to him and learning. But more than any of that, his smile, his kindness, held, the way he held my hand, the way, his character. So he knows everything by heart. Okay, Hashem blessed him with an unbelievable memory. But his diligence to be able to... You know, I asked him a question, a very interesting shayla. It's a kilayim shayla. It doesn't come up a lot. Right? They sell in Home Depot, apparently, a tree that is grafted of different citrus fruit. So you plant the tree in your backyard and one tree grows grapefruits, oranges, lemons, all kinds of citrus fruit. So it's a kilayim shayla. The shayla is not a... You know, it doesn't come up often. So he told me what he thought. But then he, he had the humility, he said, but it's a good shayla, I don't want to give you the answer. So he wrote it down, and he said, I'm going to call you, let me look into it a little bit. There's just, you spend time with someone, I walk away with goosebumps. Rav Shechter is one of my rabbim, I used to sit in Rav Shechter's shir, and used to listen to him. So the way you listen to Rav Shechter, he, he, he literally is like an encyclopedia. It's just mind-boggling, the way his mind works. That was amazing. Those weren't the moments in shir where I got goosebumps. It was when he was telling you a story and he'd start to cry. He would talk about Eretz Yisrael, and he would, he would be emotionally moved. So when you see the character, you get goosebumps, you feel like, you know, I'm connecting to something greater than myself. I want you to know that's what drives sometimes when I'm struggling with Emunah, Bitachon, Redvekos. Sometimes when you're saying, you know what, maybe this whole thing is not really true. Maybe there's doubt or uncertainty that creeps in. And everybody has that doubt and uncertainty. What do I lean on? I, I say, you know what? These rebellion of mine, they're like the smartest people that ever lived. And they think it's true. <laughs> they're super geniuses. They're incredibly brilliant. They're living it in their character. They've come to the conclusion it's worthwhile to pursue. It's true. It's worth it to shape your whole life around. Then you know what? I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. So this is another angle. We've talked all the time about Emunah Bitachon Dveikos as our relationship with Hashem. Here, Emunah, Bitachon, and Dvekas are expressing itself also with who we hang out with, who we admire, who are the celebrities and heroes on our wall. I was just meeting with someone this morning who said to me that his family is in a crisis because there's no heroes anymore. Right? Now we live in a world where we're t- literally taking down the monuments and we're taking down the heroes one by one. That anyone we thought was a hero, we're finding a reason that they're not a hero. We're taking heroes down one by one. And you know what? Many of these don't deserve to be heroes. We're learning things about their lives that they're unworthy of being heroes. But who are our heroes? And what do our children and grandchildren understand from us who our heroes are? 
Who do we admire? Who are we excited to, to see and get a picture with, to have their autograph, to have access to, whose poster literally or figuratively hangs on our wall? Ubo Tidvak is to be Hidavik Betamide Chachamim. You have to cling to Tamide Chachamim. Our children, we ourselves have to walk into the house and realize, you know, in my office, if you've ever been in my office, I have a Yaakov Lyons, a member of our community, very generously has lent me. He has a collection of hundreds of Kisveyad, letters from different great tzaddikim, and he framed them with their picture. And I have in my office, and I always describe, they keep me company. And I cannot tell you how many meetings I have, which afterwards... Which afterwards, I have a sense of yeyush. It's very easy. People in incredible pain, going through an unbelievable hardship. And you sit there saying like, come on, God. And then you look and you say, you know what? They're keeping me company. Mm-hmm. I have the Rav and the Lubavitcher Rebbe and uh, Rav Avadi Yosef and Rav Chaim Grzynski. These are letters from them. I could look at their, the ink of their signature and their picture. And you say, you know what? If they, okay. This, this was worthwhile for them. I'm sticking with it. It's worthwhile for me. I'm believing in it. I'm sticking with it. So this is another component of and strategy to Emuna and Bitochon and Tvekas. Sometimes when you're feeling depleted, when you're feeling low, when you're not feeling it, attach yourself to someone who is feeling it. You know, who do you hang out with in the gym? If you really want to be inspired in the gym to do well and kill it, so do you hang out with like the person who's sitting there schmoozing, eating the donut, not really working the machines, doesn't exactly have the look of the most successful person in the gym? Or do you find the person in the gym who's like killing it? They're the embodiment of the gym. They're in great shape. They're, they're diligently working out all the machines. They're like, who do you hang out with? You want to be inspired. You're not in the zone to want to work out. You don't go find the person chugging donuts, sitting in a chair, schmoozing, avoiding all the equipment. You go find the person who's, who's killing it on the equipment. And that's another of the methodology of dveikus. You want to feel dveikus to Hashem, go find the people who are killing it. Read biographies of Gedola Yisrael, good biographies, not hagiographies. Hey hagiography hey is the biography that just tells you how they were born perfect. The hagiography, hey which tells you how someone is born perfect, eh, it's inspiring, but you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't aspire to it because you're like, come on. So they had no temptation. My entire life is filled with temptation. How can I connect to this? So, but you, you read biographies that are, are real, and they tell you their struggles. Yeah. I remember, uh, there was a certain great rabbi who passed away, and uh, stories came out about him soon after he died, and his daughter wrote a hespit. And his daughter in the hespit wrote, I want you to know my father was a real person, and his greatness was that he grew. And I want to tell you some of the areas where he grew, where at first he needed to grow, and then he grew. I was blown away by reading that. This daughter of a great Adam Gadol, was like, you know, he wasn't always the greatest father, and then he became the greatest father. He wasn't this, any of that. And he's like, these articles, I don't really recognize the man that are being described in some of these eulogies that are depicting him as if he was always perfect and infallible and everything was great. But if you want to, this is the Hidavik Betamide Chachamim. You know, Telushkin's book on the Rebbe is a great book. I loved it. I was inspired. But I also had Yeish. Because Telushkin says the Rebbe never took a day of vacation in his life. He said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs us. We're on a mission. I can't take it. So now, if, if I need like more than a day of vacation, I feel like an utter pathetic nothing. Like, I, I, I'm such a nothing that I actually needed a, a, day, a minute to myself. Chaim Miller's book on the Rebbe I thought was incredible. 
It's much more scholarly, historical, footnotes. And it doesn't, Khalila say anything negative about the Rebbe, but it tells about the Rebbe's time in university and living in Paris, and it's relatable to whatever degree. But we have, we have a whole genre of books on Gedola Yisrael. I'm reading a book now on the Kleisenberger Rebbe. It's a oh. Feldheim book on the Kleisenberger Rebbe. You, you, you're able to, you want to be inspired. Look at what they went through. Draw strength from their lives, from how they endured. Whatever you think you're going through that's hard in your life, and I don't say this to make you feel guilty, the likelihood is it doesn't come to one iota of what the Kleisenberger Rebbe went through in his life. Whatever you went through, he went through times 10. Then that's not to minimize whatever someone's going through. Whatever you're going through, I'm not minimizing it. I'm just saying, if you want to draw strength, how can I continue to nevertheless have Amuna? Read the biography of the Kleisenberger Rebbe. It's unbelievable powerful. When Tal Ben Shachar, the author of the most popular books on happiness, who gave the most popular class in the history of Harvard, spoke here, anyone there? You remember several years ago? Someone asked him, what book should we read? Happiness. I want to be happy. What book should we read? And it was fascinating. He said, don't read self-help books. He's like, I'm hurting myself because I make a living off people buying my self-help books. He goes, but those are not what you should read. He said, the research shows that if you want to be happy, you want to grow, read biographies. Biographies. You see their struggles. You see how they overcame them. You see how they grew. It, it inspires you. You're on fire. Rebetzin Machlis. I've quoted it several times. That Rebetzin Machlis book. The Rebetzin Kanievsky book. There are books, Gedola Yisrael, women, the greatest women of the Jewish people. By the way, that's what we're doing right now. We're reading. We're reading about Avram and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka. What do you think we're doing in shul every Shabbos right now? Okay, and Sefer Vayikra gets a little more complicated. But right now, what are we doing? We're reading the biography of Avram and Yitzchak, of Sarah and Rivka. It's unbelievable. We're reading their story. And let me ask you, was it smooth sailing for any of them? No. We're reading their biography, how they overcame hardship. So this is one of the methodologies, yes. I saw a great thing this morning. One more second. Rabmelech Bitterman. Rabmelech Bitterman writes, when someone gets engaged, do you know why it's called a vort? So I always thought, because you say it in our Torah, it's a vort. Vort is a Yiddish word for a word. He said, no. He says, it's called a vort. You'll never forget this. In Mitzvah Shem, you'll make a vort for your children and grandchildren. He says, it's called a vort because she'akol n'yeh bidvaro. We know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu m'zavik zivugim. That in all the areas of life where Hashem shows His hand the most is in the area of making a shirach. You come to celebrate this union of this couple, the Baskol Omer. How did these couple come together? Because the heavenly voice went out and said they belong together. The vart, the word, is shakol nye bidvaro. That everything happens with Hashem's word. That the baskol, Hashem's heavenly voice, went out and said, bas ploni the ploni. The reason this couple came together is because Hashem's heavenly word went out to say they belong together. So the vort is not my dvar Torah I'm saying there. The vort is we're celebrating that Hashem said, Bas ploni the ploni. This chasan and kala belong together. What a miracle that they're here. Shakom Okay, yes. I wanted to ask a question and then say something. Sure. Uh, when we went to uh, Das. And all the examples that you gave. Yeah, half an hour ago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was just, I'm sorry. I was on such a roll. No, I couldn't no, stop. I yeah. That's good. Um, I was just wondering whether we can simply summarize it as knowledge of Torah and a genuine kindness that permeates your comportment in your, how you relate to people. I think they go together. Torah yeah. is designed right, to mold but and that's shape what us. You're saying when you say 100%. emotional intelligence, I'm trying to make it simple. 
just kindness and warmth. Well, it's, but it's a little more than that. I'll tell you why. You could be a Talmachacham, you could be kind and warm, but you have no common sense. So you could pay a shiva call where you're a Tamil Chacham, mm-hmm. where you're kind and warm, but you said the stupidest thing because you have no common sense. Common sense is street smart. Das is yeah, common yeah. sense. Yeah. Das is yeah. common yeah. sense. You can know shots by peb, but lack common sense. It's complicated. Yes. Okay, so the other thing I uh, want to... Hold on, hold on one second. I'm sorry. I wanted to mention a book that you, you talked about inspiring books and inspiring biographies. Yeah. Harak Pinchas Hirschbrunn sure. wrote a book. He kept a diary of the first few years of the Holocaust, and then he escaped to Shanghai. His book is called A Veil of Tears. just came out recently, didn't it? Yes, it's on Amazon. Yeah. And with every incident that took place in the early years, he's reminded of something in the Chumash and the Gemara and the Tanakh, and right. he brings in a quote to make an exact compa- parallel comparison. Beautiful. After... Reading literally many hundreds of books on the Holocaust. This one did it for you. Beautiful. Was the most okay. Ever That's good. Amazing. Amazing. Veil of Tears. We'll have to check it out. Thank you. Thank it's, you. Uh, it's, yeah, Veil of Tears by uh, H-I-R-S-C-H. Rav was such a great Talmachacham. He was maybe the last one or the most recent one who could do what was called the pin test. I think Rav Shechter describes it, so I'm doing it. The pin test is you take any Masechet of Gemara, you take a pin mm-hmm. and you put it through the book and he can tell you on every page what word it went through. Oh, oh my gosh. That's that level of memory, of photographic memory. But he wasn't just a Tamachacham, he had Das. He had, he was such, I knew him because he was close to my parents. Yeah. And I went to him with Shilas and personal issues. Big Tamachacham, yeah. His warmth and his humility, he right. made you feel that Tremendous. you were important. Right. You knocked on his door and he was sitting surrounded by millions of and he'd say, Brian, come in, come right. in. And like, I would sit there and he would say, no, no, we can't talk like that. Right. <laughs> and the point of what we're learning is that that experience didn't just leave you feeling close to him, yeah. it left you feeling close to Hashem. Yeah. Because he's Hashem's agent. He's his ambassador. He's his representative. So you felt not only connected to him, but to his cause, which is Hashem. And that's the idea of, And that's why he's the Right. Right. Basic seichel. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's just finish this paragraph, since we didn't get through much today. So the Rambam quotes it in Hilchos Deus, and the Ramban also. So the Ramban makes his comment on the Rambam and Sefer Mitzvahs, and the Rambam counts that Udishava Bishmo, that when you take an oath, you do it in Hashem's name. The Ramban says everything we do is in Hashem's name, and Ladav Kabo means to cling, means to cling to Talmidei Chachamim. Vodoshu Bolim Aragadosh Vitovze Atamakiras Misha Amar Vaya Olam Umizdavik Bo Vodim Latzivu Vishmoti Shavah Into Mitzvah Bifnei Atzmo El Azharah Shatishav Bishmul Lekaima Mitzvos V'Tizarit B'Zeis Atzmacha. You take an oath to fulfill the mitzvos and to and to inject enthusiasm into your life. I just lost the place. 
Everything we do should generate enthusiasm in our service of Hashem. We should be excited. There should be enthusiasm. You have a few minutes in the car. You have a few minutes while you're big in the chala. Don't listen to some narishkeit. Put on a shear. Cling to Talmud Chacham and listen. Halavai, you could you know tune into Sichas Chulin. If you could even listen to their casual conversation, you'd grow from that. So among the list of things that we can do to grow in Emunah Bitachon is the mindfulness of Emunah Bitachon, is to think about Hashem, is to wear the glasses where we see Hashem. But on that list of things we can do, and that's the essence of what we spoke about today, is also to cling to the greatest agents and ambassadors, to the malachim, to those who are angelic, not only in their knowledge, but also in their character. And when we connect with them, we walk away feeling connected to their cause, to something greater, to Hashem Himself. Thank you, Hensha, for sponsoring. If you'd like to sponsor, if you want to sponsor a week or sponsor the entire year of the Amunashir, please reach out to Linda.